Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools we are developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Do you understand the world baseball classics structure? None. Yeah. Is it? Is it sort of? It's a little bit. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It's world because at least it's world cuppy, but it's not. Yeah. It's, at least with like basketball, the FIBA stuff, yeah. it's like, oh, you're kind of going for the World Cup here. Yeah. That works. It works for basketball. It kind of works for basketball. Right. Baseball doesn't. Yeah, I don't. So how does it work? Do you know? I, I don't know what happens after the group stage. There's obviously a group stage, and then I I actually could not tell you. The most foolish place to have a group stage. I I mean, I, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of torn, right? Because group stage is like would be like if in if in the the regular MLB playoffs, if they just mixed everybody up <laughs> and everybody yeah. played, which honestly would be kind of interesting. Well, I mean, could you see? Couldn't you see in the MLB it would be like a round robin? Now that we have like eighteen teams in the playoffs, just you have a round robin, and then whoever won the most games gets to the net. You know, you, you go by whoever won the most games, and then it's like by runs, run right? Differential. And I think. I think the advantage. The, I think you still need to play against teams multiple times. Like the thing that I I see the WBC stuff happening, and I'm just like. This variance dominated. That's the whole point. That, yeah, that's my whole point of why it just doesn't make sense in yeah. the in the same way. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's not like football, right? Where NFL, where you've like embraced the fact that variance matters. I'm just hoping that some of the guys that I own don't get hurt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I I agree with that. I think for the most part, I <laughs> hey, I'm good with Jose Leclerc having his draft value go down because he's got a neck injury that he can't play in the World Baseball Classic. It's like, no, that was like a smart decision yeah. by you, Jose. Like, I know. really good I mean, job. I don't... It is like watching watching Mike Trout play a few of these games is like, well, tacking, taking those directly out of his, his like, <laughs> MLB total. 125 <laughs> games that he's going to get this year, yeah. <laughs> he's only got 125 games. Like, don't – yeah, is Kate – is Clit – Ugh, is Clayton playing? I don't know, but no, I mean, right? I'm pretty sure he's not. It would be that... it seriously. Like there are certain guys where it's like, well, I'm just deducting that from your total. There's no chance. Yeah. So absolutely. You want to talk about the fall of Numenor? I do. We haven't introduced this yet. That the fact that we have a, a reading, a reading task for the month. We were reading the fall of Numenor together, but given the uh, Rings of Power show and our lack of real knowledge of Numenor and the release of this book, we decided to. Read it. I view this more as the fact that we're not getting a Rings of Power for another year. Mm, that's we're, true. We're into the show, The Rings of Power, and now we've they've effectively starved us for Lord of the Rings content, yeah. which has brought us directly back to as many textual sources as we can get. I will say that this is making me double down on my frustration with the show's, uh, the way that the show has messed with the timeline. The way the show is messed with the timeline and that they're just basically talking about the lead up to the third age. Yeah. Because this this is like the kind of story where it's like, hey, you know, when, when we're 
batting around what it could be in the second age. This is the kind of thing that, like what we read this week, which is the story of Menelder and his son Alderion. Yep. And uh, Alderion's uh, estranged wife, Arendus. This is like the kind of story that would be really fun to tell in in this in in a series if you were like had the equivalent of the the DB boys of Game of Thrones just take it on and and I, make the story. I think I think you need someone very different because this reads like a Homeric. No, epic. no, no. I, this reads like a Homeric. No, I'm not epic, saying right. No, I'm not a, saying them specifically, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm saying if you were to get auteurs to um, take on the story and expand it, because this is. We yeah. read 40, 40 pages yeah. of basically these two, almost three with the daughter. So where where did you get to? Did you get to the thousand? Yeah, your thousand. So thousand, yeah. Aldarion is an incredibly powerful guy in the Second Age, in the sense that it, you don't learn till the end. You're like, this dude sucks. He's an asshole. He's been gone forever, and then it's like. I actually figured out that Sauron's back, and it's kind of bad. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but he's also yeah, he's also. I still I don't like him. I still don't like him because I think that he misses the point that his yeah that his 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 father has all the all of it right. Like, how can you lead the kingdom if you don't know the kingdom, and how can you lead the kingdom if you're not there? Like, could you imagine if? Um, could you imagine if the president of the United States, like, was never in in Washington D.C. Let was never in the United States, let alone Washington D.C. Like, how could he actually do his job from Air Force One? Yeah. in all, all the time, him or her, He's I a, guess, a mariner of the skies. Yeah, I um, you know, I think it's a, it's such a romance in the sense that you know there, there's some he's he's pulled to the sea. He gets a little lucky in the sense that he also figures out that something interesting is going on in Middle Earth, and he becomes buddies with Gilgalad, and you know all this, all this stuff is happening. Yeah, yeah. and Sirden, and like, yeah, they're trading ship tips and whatever they're doing. I mean, all this, all this cool stuff in the, the, the mythos behind Eldarion is incredibly deep, and so I completely agree with your top line result. They're like, hey, it's actually kind of disappointing that this isn't the second, this isn't a second age tale that they're telling. Yeah, and we can't even in the world that we're in in Rings of Power, this can't possibly have happened. No, right? Uh, it's like sort of it's like impossible to have happened based on the way that we set up where where Numenor is at and how how it exists. Well, I guess there's a I guess there's a slight chance, but it's so no, it, it wouldn't because that's when they go off to Middle Earth. It's like as if when we're in Rings of Power, it's as if Numenor has only been what is. Um, the timeline up to Aldarion, because what we find out is that Aldarion is a guy who's going to start really um, manifest destinying Middle Earth. Yeah, he's the one who's going to start setting up bases there, which doesn't in, in the Rings of Power show is what's going to happen next season. Right, Ald- Aldarion in this structure can't exist in the sense that uh, unless, yeah, I mean the the only way that it could happen in the world as it exists is if this all came and went and nothing came of it, right? And then you pick up Rings of Power where it starts now, effectively. Which is 2,000 years later, so I guess it was works. In- yeah, kind of, except except you, I mean, peeking a tiny bit ahead in the in the timeline, Sauron is already, like, building Barad-dur in 1,000, right? <laughs> like, right, in, in the time yeah. of Eldarion, he's already building Barad-dur. He's already picked Mordor and is like, okay, let's, we're going to Because this, this is happen. really... 
Right, because this is sort of what the real timeline would be of like the discovery of Sauron is right here. Right. So you want to talk about ADP and the TGFBI drafts? Yeah, it seems like a time for it. I. How so? So you've been you've you've actively been scraping all of these. Yeah. Why not? Good man. Good man. No, I have the yeah, I have a script that does. I don't I don't actually rely on that. Um, there is for for TGFBI. There is google sheet that has all the picks but you know what i prefer to do it myself so <laughs> i do um yeah so there's a 20 lines of code uh sorry 50 lines of code that goes in to the public the public picks page which is all colored up and has every, everybody's picks so anybody can go in and see uh which which picks there are so i have selenium go to that because you need uh you need to have the javascript run to pull all the picks selenium goes to that it um, scrapes it down and then it transforms it because it's a really non-tabular format that they have it that the website that nfc has it of course so it transforms it so you have picks by round so one through 15 and then overall so you can have like you know 16 through everything (laughs) and then it puts a puts a data frame together and then does a couple of summary stats so i've got a couple things for you Number one, 25 of the leagues are done drafting. Four have not finished. That's kind of sad. What a, I felt, I felt yeah. like our drafts were relatively slow. And we, I guess we both finished yesterday. But we're both in the meat of the distribution, I would say. Oh, really? Okay. So I, I'd say we're both in the meat of the distribution. And finishing this weekend was like when most of them have been finished. There were a couple that were done. Woo, wow. That's wild. Blazing. Um, biggest pick delta. I thought this one was funny. Aroldis Chapman. One league he went 191. In another league he went 450. He went 450 in my league. I and I yeah, was thinking. I think it's yours. I was thinking like this guy's trying to get away with it. <laughs> I was wondering. I was wondering if he'd go undrafted in a bunch. I mean, how, how many leagues? Are, he might have. How many leagues did Trevor Bauer get drafted in? <laughs> no, I don't. You want me to figure that no. out here? Play the play the uh, play the Jeopardy music. I, do, I honestly do, hope it's. Do, it better be zero. Not, I mean, um, not only for moral reasons, but for like, I don't, is he playing this year? Reasons? I don't know. Here, let's see if he did. Yeah, you really want to tell the rest of your league who you are. You take Trevor Bauer. How do you spell Bauer? B A U E R. Five. He got drafted in five leagues. Five leagues. That is actually insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. I'm looking at your league and I don't see Chapman. Oh, there he! Oh, Chapman went 20, 23rd round in your league. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't have this in as like huh. if he wasn't drafted, then it doesn't count, right? In right. The ADP consideration. That's what so I was. I'm not gonna, I haven't added in any of that stuff. Well, it's. I mean, that's so. That's a hard statistical problem, but yeah. Yeah, Bauer went minimum pick of three ninety two. That. I mean, okay. So last last four rounds, but still, come on. Come Someone's on. like, I want to make a statement to the rest of my. <laughs> Come on, who I, like, I am and who I support. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be really shitty when he doesn't even play this year, and it's just straight up they just straight up picked him. But if he does, if he does, he's probably gonna be shitty. <laughs> like it's gonna take him a while. Like like we said last week or the week before, like if you don't show up for camp, your season is rough. Yeah, even more so this year. Consensus number one pick, Ronald Acuna. Who could have seen it coming? <laughs> I think that is such a brave pick. I yeah, he's he's on the Braves. No, that's right. <laughs> I okay. I think that's such a gutsy pick. I I yeah, that's better. I just consensus number one with an injury last season. I, I don't like it. 
I don't like who'd that. You want, who'd you want one? Well, he didn't go first in either of our leagues, right? No. I think Trey Turner is the is a safer pick, you think? I think on average Trey Turner is a safer pick. I think sure, Jose Ramirez is probably about the same, you know, in terms of like, oh, this guy could have an injury this year as a Cunha. You I think so? I don't oh, I don't I, I don't feel like I've I I just don't feel like I saw enough of Acuña at the end of last year to say that he's the consensus number one pick. And he was pretty hard to leak. So it was like, it's Acuña, and then it's Trey Turner, and then there's like a little bit of a gap, and it's there's not really that much wiggle between Ramirez, Judge, and Rodriguez. Yeah. And then Tucker's, Tucker and Otani are, uh, well, it's Tucker is in his own little camp. It's so funny when it's like a, he, the fantasy players like that. It's like his own team d- doesn't think he's a marquee player, yeah. but like fantasy yeah. wise, he is. Yeah. Well, it's it's always always the difference between value difference between MLB and fantasy, but yeah, yeah. So then I'll go through it here. Then you have Shohei is between Tucker, and then the next little tier, which is Soto and Bobby Witt and Mookie, and then you have Vlad Guerrero Jr., Jordan Alvarez, Boba Shett, Freddie Freeman, Manny Machado. That's the top fifteen. Yeah, it, what, what did I not? What did I not say there in the top fifteen? Well, Otani counts as a pitcher. <laughs> no, yeah, I've, people. No, come on. But but I agree with you. It, it light, very light pitching. I mean, everybody agreed this year, for the most part. Everyone agreed this year that there's no consensus top fifteen pitcher. Yeah. Well, there, there's no consensus pitcher that should have top fifteen value. So there's no. Which I guess that means. It means that the differential between um, the number one pitcher, who was Corbin Burns, pick number 16, basically, and Garrett Cole was pick number 17. So they're right there. Um, the difference between them and then the number, you know, the, the, the next tier wasn't big enough to necessitate having them and pull it, pulling them onto your team before someone else, which I think is right. Yeah, I think I think well the other thing I was I was looking, you know, just this is slightly anecdotal. Maybe you can help me out with this, but not that many pitchers went off the board before people started looking to closers. So, like in in my league for instance, Class A is number 31. Oh, and Diaz yeah. is number 28. Exactly. So you, that's before wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that means that the number 1, number 2 as previously mentioned, Burns and Cole and then the next pitcher off the board is Edwin Diaz at 28. And then you have Sandy at 29. And then you have uh, Spencer Strider at 31. But he's just a hair ahead of Emmanuel Class A. And I, I find that really interesting. I, I can't honestly think of drafts in the past where I've seen a, a closer go pick three, pick pitcher three, effectively. I mean, normally I think I well, think Well, of- you know what? You know what? It's it's but it's our teams that have shown the model of how that works. True. Of when we've taken Hater yep. early and it's been successful. Yep. Like a team that was more involved than um, ours. I mean, we've shown the blueprint of how it can it, it can work. And if you get the right team, and having that elite closer is going to be huge. No, I I I agree with you. It's just to me, it's just a numbers game because there's. 30 closers in baseball and there's 150 starting pitchers and the fact that mm-hmm. a closer went three over you know <laughs> on the pitching side yeah. over you know closer closers went three and five relative but to- i guess that's the, that's the thing right is that those we talked about closers a little bit last week but 
Diaz, Classe, and Hader are a class above the rest, and then that the second tier is very small. Well, I don't, but Williams is probably in there, right? I think Williams gets drafted. Um, right, but he's clearly the second tier. I don't think so. I think he's getting drafted ahead of Hader in most leagues, isn't he? No, Hader was number forty-two, and then Williams is number fifty-three. Really, both of our leagues, Williams got drafted before Hader. Huh? Curious. And then Rice Iglesias, number fifty-eight. I'm, I don't. Hel- Ryan Presley is number. Is Helsley 59. in there? Sixty-seven. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and then Presley. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's just really interesting to me. It. I just. It just feels like pitchers got pushed down, and then it makes sense because both in this league and in our home league, it felt like there was just this massive glut of pitcher value when you got to like pick 200, looked at everything and was like, there are a lot of pitchers here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, no. It's like squeezing out the sausage from a casing. Yeah. It's like, wow, there's still a lot left in here. What am I doing here? (laughs) Just trying to squeeze, squeeze, squeeze the sausage out. Can't get it. I'm, I just talk about everyday problems for people. Those are problems. Yeah, that's right. Bring it, bring it back to something we all understand. Squeeze the sausage out. All right. Well, those are the, some of the highlight highlight things that I wanted to high. What is the term? Those are the things that I wanted to highlight. Whatever. All right. So we have um, a lot of players in common. Did you notice this? <laughs> it's almost like we drafted from the same list. It is almost like that. Um, Sandy Alcantara, Willie Adamas. Dansby Swanson, Christian Yelich, Charlie Blackman, Logan, Logan Hope. What a good week for him. Austin Hayes, Christian Walker, Tony Gonsolin, Merrill Kelly, and Adam Wainwright are on both of our teams. And I've put them in here. Uh, I've, I've put together these drafts that show where. These are all, all of the same X and Y axis mm-hmm. um, to show you where they got picked. I'm, any any one of these that you want to talk about? I'm loving this. I mean, I think it, it shows the – so you made histograms, which are really nice, and they show this sort of natural trend, which is at the beginning of the draft, they're pretty peaky. So yep. we picked Alcantara early, sure, but the peak is – we're relatively close to the peak. Same thing is true for Adamus. But when you get down to guys like Tony Gonsolin, oh, Austin Hayes is a pretty wide Austin distribution. Hayes, Austin yeah. Hayes is off the board at – you know, is off the board – pick 220 in some leagues and he's still there at 300 in others i mean that's yeah. pretty interesting to me um i guess the same thing's true for charlie blackman someone picked charlie blackman before pick 200 that's not me right let me just check <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm just make 100 percent sure that that wasn't me but <laughs> or you for that matter no no i picked him late i picked him pretty late i mean we're, we're both high on charlie blackman but somebody is really high on charlie blackman somebody got dansby mm-hmm. swanson ahead of pick 52 good for them they were in. They were confidence, in. confidence. Yeah, I think. I. I mean, in general, just the distribution of these is is always interesting to me, and it, it goes back to everything we were saying previous weeks about sort of herding in draft value. Oh yeah, no. Well, it, yeah, yeah. Even the herding in draft value just happened. It's just really interesting that even the guys that we got in common, which means that they were available in both of our leagues, so mm-hmm. at least in two of twenty nine where we picked them, we're still in the meat of the distribution. It's not like we were picking. It's not like we're picking Charlie Blackman at pick 150 or Christian Yelich at pick 50, right? We're in the distribution. Right, for the most part. Yeah, the only one that I would say that is different is Sandy, is that we were clearly a, like, we're clearly ahead. Yeah. Which I, is fine. I think I think that's right. I mean, but looking at this, but even looking at this this distribution, it's not like we're disconnected from the distribution. No, 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 no. We're, we're within it, yeah. 
We're going to be laughing um, all the way to the bank it, when Sandy's amazing this year. I mean, we're going to be laughing all the way to the bank when all these guys are amazing this year. When, uh, yes, when they return the value of where we drafted them. So here's here's my the here's the ADP for these guys. And you could probably pull up where we're at on on each one of these, but like so Sandy Alcantaro's number was picked 29. Yeah. William Adams is picked number 93. Dansby Swanson is picked 76. Christian was picked 114. Charlie Blackman was picked 286. Logan Hope was picked 236. Okay. Austin Hayes 270. Christian Walker was 131. Tony Gonsolin was 174. Merrill Kelly was 254, and Adam Wainwright was 365. This is going to be a really good test case for us to look through over the course of the season and be like, how did these guys do? Because that, as you heard, that was across the draft, right? Yeah. No, that was, I was across all rounds. It's actually pretty amazing. I, I mean, I love, I love the idea of us having an an overlapping control sample. I mean, it just gives us, it just gives us a cleaner test bed to test theories than we've had before both what it was both yeah. interesting during the draft in the sense that looking at your league and who's available looking at my league and who's available but the fact that we also have this so what we picked we picked 30 guys right and so this is five this is 11 guys in overlap so more than a third of our teams overlap <laughs> <laughs> the two-thirds that i that i drafted were terrible apparently so who who on this list is the first one that we drop it's got to be either wainwright or kelly right no, no, because those are good. No, it's it's Logan O'Hope is going to be the first guy. That's gonna yeah, be that's good. Drop. That's a good point. Is that most likely? Most likely that one of us drops him. Yeah, sure. Because most everybody else is going to ha- would have to be an injury. Like any of our any of our top one hundred and fifty guys, they're not going to get dropped save for an injury. Yeah, I mean Cindy Sandy could go down like tomorrow with like a a shoulder or a elbow. So more overlap on the hitting side for us than than pitching. Huh, okay. I think that about brings us to the review session. Paul Goldschmidt. How old is Paul Goldschmidt before you look? I did look, and he's 34? Uh, 35. Oh, is he is he 35 right now, or is he 35 on opening day? Uh, I believe he's 35 now. I there. You know, many interesting things about... I, I feel like this is the year where time dilation is really set in for me, and I'm just like back to being surprised by everyone's age, but... Whatever. He's thirty five right now. Yeah. Everybody's older. Everybody's older than I think. Oh, last year was his last year was his age thirty four season. That's what I have wrong. Everyone is older than everyone is older than I think. <laughs> I need to go and suss out young guys again. All right. Whoa. <laughs> not the first time you've said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um all right. Paul Goldschmidt in twenty twenty two. All star season. All star selection for uh for St. Louis here. He plays hundred and fifty one games, six hundred and fifty one plate appearances. 106 runs, 115 nice. RBIs, 35 Very home nice. runs, a 317 average, yeah. and seven stolen bases to boot. That's a really good age 34 season. <laughs> I did when when I that was the first thing that I did. I was like, wow, how long has he been around? Because uh-huh. I felt like he he's been here. Yep. It just feels like he's been here for so long, yep. and, and he has. 2012 was. And I, I, I feel like I remember that season being like everybody saying like this guy is going to take a jump. Yeah. And he's awesome because he's actually going to bring stolen bases to the first, first base position. Yeah. And I looked at him, and I was like, okay, that's a guy that I'm going to target. And then he got taken so much earlier than I expected. And it's like, and part of me is like, well, I guess, 
<laughs> I guess he's going to have to really prove it right and become a perennial all-star. And he did. Yeah. He did nothing else but do that. Yeah. It's 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 wild. Even in these years that he hasn't been selected as an all-star, like a bona fide all-star. So 2019, mm-hmm. 2020, 2021, 2020, whatever. He, he still returns a lot of value here. I mean, I'm looking at this 2021 season and like, what the heck? 102 runs, 99 RBIs, 294 average, and we're calling that like not an all-star. I mean, that wasn't an all-star year for him. Yeah. It's pretty wild. 31 <sighs> home runs. So 2016 is the only year, and 2014 the only year that he didn't hit 30 home runs. Wow. He's such a cardinal, which is so He's funny like, when he went to the Cardinals. Yeah. is It's like, they're like, oh, yeah. And the Cardinals. You know what team is really good? The Cardinals. Yeah. You know what team you forget about as being really good? The Cardinals. You always think about the Yankees but, and the Dodgers but it, and even the Giants yeah. to an extent and the Red Sox. But it's like, oh, yeah, the team that has won the second most World Series is the Cardinals. But it is true that that 2019 season when he jumps from the Diamondbacks to the Cardinals, it seemed like it was – going to get even better and then that 2019 season is not not a big step back but it's not the same lofty it wasn't the lofty standards of that 2015 to 2018 run in arizona oh well i know i think it's the opposite i remember people being like oh that's too bad that he's going into the cardinals because that the being in arizona and having a lot of playing time in denver is really good for your numbers and he had been very very good playing in the NL West. So I think uh, the fact that he was able to hold on is actually like more impressive. I guess I, I put a lot of stake in the team that guys are on. And I mm-hmm. think that the Cardinals, by virtue of being a good team and a, a team team, right? Like they actually like mm-hmm. put together a team is a good runs and RBIs. For, yeah. I think runs. Have we done this analysis? Maybe you can do this for next Ooh. week. I, isn't, isn't there a higher... I would think that there'd be higher correlation between runs totals and RBIs totals and the team, uh, the quality of the team. Yeah. And that home runs and stolen bases and, um, well, stolen bases are probably, there's no correlation to anything. Yeah. But but home runs and average are more correlated to the player's talent. Because, like, you think about yeah. Votto, there were years he was hitting 330 and it's on a terrible team. <laughs> Did he hit 330? I don't know. I'm just saying that. This. I mean, what does Paul Goldschmidt do this year? I mean, he's getting drafted well, right? He's well. Okay, I, I, we need to get back. We need to go into the fan graphs and start doing the underlying numbers with these players because Paul Goldschmidt is really the first player that we've talked about. Who it's like you're going to need to think when you take him. Yeah. Whether you know he's in an island between that top tier and that next tier, and if he was 27, he yeah. would be in that top tier. Yep. He's 35, so he's not. So we did this pretty well with talking about XFIP and FIP and you know all the all the different underlying metrics. The first one that we should look at for hitters is BABIP. Yeah, hundred percent. Old, he's an old man. Yeah, right. He was able to get an average of 317. What do you think his BABIP was? I think he he puts a lot in play, right? So his BABIP's got to. It, please tell me it's not. Like much above 330. 368. Ooh, that's high. So there's probably some regression is going to come. His career average, he's got a really high uh, career average. 349 in his career average. Oh, okay. So, but he, but, but you got to watch out for his career average because there are seasons where he's 
stealing 21, 32, 18 bases, and he's not doing that anymore. I know. So the yeah, 382 in 2015. Oh, wow. When he stole 21 bases. So I mean 358 when he stole 32. So he's not a speedy youngster. So I would say and but here 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 it really is is that 2021 he hit 294. What do you think his BABIP was? 320, 331. Okay. So, so lower. right. Yeah. So you take 18 off of his career average and he drops 18 from he, he drops he drops down to his career average last year okay so it's probably going to be some regression okay regression there do you want his, any other numbers nothing really is sticking out he's isolated power what's he at for that last year is 260 the year before it was 221 wow really i don't, I don't know what to make of that so that would that would expect that there would be a little bit of a dip run rate yeah and his his K percent was a little bit higher than norm. Well, his K percent was a little bit lower lower than his career average, but his recent trend has been fewer Ks. So he must have he must have been swinging been a little bit more free swinging this this last year <laughs> just to get those home runs up. And then his walk percent was up twelve percent compared to ten percent the year prior. But that's well within his okay. career. I would say that he's a he's he's a regression candidate. Um, not. I'm sure all the people that picked him in the second round are not going to be thrilled to hear that. Right. He's not a second-round player. This is why there's such a big gap between Pete Alonso and but, Paul Goldschmidt. But if he gets the same, if he gets anywhere near the stats that he had last year, those are second-round stats. I mean, 100-plus runs and RBIs. For sure. That's and he's on the team. <laughs> and like you're saying, he's on the team. Him yeah. and Nolan Arenado yeah. and, you know, all the players that they're able to, they field a good team in St. Louis. Yeah. Second most World Series. Do you know what the three teams that are tied for, uh, the two teams that are tied for third? Sorry, I misspoke. I, In terms of World Series wins? I don't, actually. Um, one is my team. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. Just try to take a guess. I'm going to see so if it's... Not the Dodgers. I'll tell you. It's AL team. An AL team. Mm-hmm. They have moved in their, um, in their lifetime. They have moved. I don't mm-hmm. know. Who is it? The Philadelphia uh, and Oakland Athletics. Uh, yeah. I, I never would have gotten and there. And Kansas City. Briefston, That's Kansas right. City as well. I never would have gotten there. That's right. That's right. Because I forgot that they racked him up in way back in the day. Um, I was being asked the, uh, who are the best teams in baseball. And I said, well, the Yankees are number one. And the Cardinals are number two. And there's a pretty big disparity between those two. I'm like, and then number who's got the most third most World Series? I was like, I think it's somewhere. It's like my guess is the Red Sox, the Giants, and the Dodgers. Yeah. That's what and, I would have guessed. Um, and then, as I was thinking about it longer and trying to come up with teams, and I was like, oh, "Those athletics teams won a lot of World Series in uh, in Philadelphia." Huh. Yeah. Okay. Anything more we want to say about Paul Goldschmidt? I think he's going to return value. I just, I personally don't think he's going to return second round value. You want to know where he went in TJFBI? I'm sure he went before thirty. Went number twenty three. Yeah. I I think I mean I think that's a downside pick in the sense that. You're paying at 23. You want what he did last year, and it's. I, I'm not. I don't think you're going to get that. No, it's very. Yeah, it's highly unlikely that he's going to do what he did last year. Who are we doing next week? Matt Olson. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. Fantasy Tools, mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. 
All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too.